Morning, guys. How's it going? Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Lifeway Church. I'm Rob Cosberg. Our dear friend and brother Reese Neal is out of town. I am not Reese Neal, and I'm wearing a jacket, as you can tell. He's much bigger, more handsome than me. Reese, uh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. I've had to put up with that my whole life. Thank you. Very, very kind. You're so kind already. It's going so well. My son up front is cringing. He cringing. What is that my dad going to say? I don't know, son. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Reese is out of town. Mary Kay Reese is at, uh, he has like a reunion with an Old Dominion. You guys know Reese played college basketball for Old Dominion and uh, probably like you. Uh, I don't get asked back to my alma mater. Uh, they evidently don't have uh, reunions for class clowns or <laughs> mediocre high school athletes, but <laughs> Reese is back there. He's actually speaking this morning or probably already spoke at the church, uh, Hampton Roads Church in Virginia. So uh, keep him in your prayers, you know, that he gets back safe and comes back to him, comes back to us. We love Reese and can't wait to hear him speak. So uh, title of the lesson today, you guys know what it is? Come on, I mean, it's a series. Step out, right? The first week was step out on faith, thank you. And then the next week Marcel did, and that was step out of your comfort zone, right? Good job. And then this week is? Right. Step out for God. So they gave me that title. And that's pretty much it. Which by now you would think they would know better than to do something like that. But evidently no. So I had a lot to think about over the last week or two. Step out for God. For God. Step out for God. So step out, you know, that's the commonality, right? Step out, step out on faith, step out of your comfort zone, step out for God. Okay, so step out's the commonality. What's not common is for God. Okay, makes sense, right? So I'm going to stay with me. All right, Marlon, I see him looking, he's looking a little confused. So step out, the, the commonality is for the, you know, what's uncommon is for God. So, so it, this must be about for God, right? I mean, what we're doing for God. I thought, you know, why don't I start? And I'll do, you know, like a, a search in my little Bible app for all the different scriptures that talk about, you know, the men and women of the Bible doing great things for God, right? Doesn't that sound good? And, and I'll tell a few inspirational stories. You'll cry. You'll laugh. I'll be done. I go to lunch. We're all happy, right? We all go to lunch. And we're all happy. So I did a search. And I was... Surprised. I was surprised. I did not get what I, uh, what I expected. And nor will you today, if you have any expectations. Keep them low. Keep them low. They're low. I can... You know what I found? I found what, with a little bit of thought, you would you would certainly think you would find, but you have to go just like one level deeper. I mean, there are great men and women of the Bible, right? I mean, you know, there are in inspirational stories of people that, you know, did great things by the power of God. I mean, the major prophets, the minor prophets, the kings, certainly the men and the women of the New Testament. But really what I found more than anything 
was verse after verse after verse after verse, dozens and dozens and dozens of verses, and so few, but dozens of verses of what God has done for us, and so few of what, what the people of the Bible, us, we're just like them, have done for God. Now that shouldn't surprise us, I guess, right? But, you know, when you immediately think about stepping out for God, you think, yeah, I need to do it for God. I need to do some cool things for God. That's what I want to do. That's why we're here, right? It's church, by the way, if you stumbled in thinking that this was uh, breakfast. I mean, we got lunch afterwards. Hang on. If you're visiting, we're glad you're here. But, you know, it's like usually a church is filled with people that want to do something for God. You would think, right? So I'll just read some of these to you. And, and share just a, just a minute, because that's really not all the points of my lesson, but um, these are some of the verses that I came across that just stood out to me. Genesis 33, it says, Jacob said, Accept this present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me. For Samuel 10, Samuel says, Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds you to do. Because God is with you. In First Chronicles, Nathan says to David, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for God is with you. Second Chronicles, it says, talking about Solomon, he built villages, he acquired great numbers of flocks and herds, for God had given him great riches. Psalm 14, it says, But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, because God is present in the company of the righteous. Speaking about the wicked being overcome with dread. Psalm 62, trust in God at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Ecclesiastes 9, go, eat your lunch, well, food, with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has approved of what you do. That's cool. John 3:16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The very next word, verse, verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Romans 14, The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not eat. Talking about, you know, certain ceremonies and religious festivals. It says, The one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them both. 1 Thessalonians, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but instead to receive salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. James 1, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt any one of us. God's good, isn't He? These are some of the things that God has called. He's called our advocate. He's called the Almighty. The Alpha, the Omega, the Bread of Life, the Chief Shepherd of our souls, our Comforter, our Deliverer, the Desire of Nations, our Foundation, our Fountain of Life. He is a friend of sinners. He is our life, the Light of the World, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Lord of Lords, Master. He's our Mediator, our Messiah. He's our Ransom. He's our Redeemer, our Refiner, our Refuge, our Resurrection, our Righteousness. He is our Rock, our Sacrifice, our Savior. You get the idea. He's the Way, the Truth, and the Life, right? What can we do for Him? He's done it all for us. So thank you for coming today. It's been great having you. We're going to break early for lunch. No, I did come up with a few ideas. But I want to leave this part 
before we talk about what we can do for God, with the understanding that whatever we can do for God, it is because God enables us to do for Him what we can. Do you guys see that? I, I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, shocking, I know. But I want to ask you guys a question. I'd love to get some feedback from you. What do you think of? What comes to your mind personally when you think to step out for God? Be bold. Please be bold. All we need is one sister to get it going, then three or four other girls will do it, and then I'll you know, shame the men and one man will raise his hand. That's usually the way it works with this public sharing thing. So, so tell me. Sharing your faith, right? Stepping out for God means sharing your faith. Can I ask, why does that mean stepping out for God? Why does that mean that to you? It's not comfortable, but why? I mean, shouldn't everybody be so excited about you telling them about all of the things I just named? That God is all of that for... I mean, isn't everybody excited to hear you share your faith? No. No. What else? Stepping out for God. Thank you. Loving others that don't love you or that are unlovable. Let's say less lovable, not unlovable. That's mean. That's mean-spirited of you. Don't. Less lovable. Less. Less lovable than us. Very good. That was me that added it, not you. I'm less lovable. That's that's awesome. So thank you for sharing that. So what 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 might that mean? Selfish with what? Time, right? Did you know time is the most valuable thing we have? You say, well, no. I mean. My Ferrari is very valuable to me. Well, if you have one, I would agree it is probably very valuable. And I would like to speak to you directly after the service, if at all possible. But, you know, you can always get another one. You can always make more money. I know we so value money and things in this country. But, you know, you can, you can always get another one. You can't get your time back. To step out for God is giving Him your time. Uh, okay, now are there any brothers that are embarrassed enough to share? Oh, oh Marla, I'm sorry. Well, you got your hand up like this. I mean, I can barely see it. Well, forgive me. I mean, I'm less lovable than you, obviously. Go ahead and share. I can't believe you're, you're fighting with me. I got the mic. I'm going to be speaking for the next 30 minutes or longer. Sorry. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. To give a voice to the voiceless. What does that mean? Right. You guys may not have heard that, but he said giving a voice to the ones that don't have a voice to stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves. And you know what? That's a difficult job. That's a dirty job. That's a challenging job. And you know what? I commend you, Marlon, for what you've done working with the poor, you know, the homeless there in Pasadena. It was awesome to set that up, you know, for hope and, and, and doing it 
uh, at least once a month, right, or, or twice a month uh, there in Pasadena. So if anyone's interested in stepping out for God in that way, there's the man to see. John. Tithing. Ooh, there was somebody, a college student said, ooh, like you give much? I mean, wow. You think it's hard now? You know where that's always Marcel. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all right, well, we all got our thing, baby. It's okay. It's all right. Thank you for pointing him out. That was very selfless of you. <laughs> Tithing's big, right? Giving, giving of your money. I mean, we, we talked about how time is so much more important and valuable, but, you know, it is until you write the check, right? I mean, it doesn't feel like it's more valuable time. Uh, it's hard to give of what you worked so hard for uh, and that you need to support your family. And oftentimes it means real, like real faith to be able to give sacrificially. Because you think of all the things that you could do with that money if you had it, right? Well, those are all, those are all really good things. Um, and those are like the real like rubber meets the road things that I think all of us have probably thought of in one way or another. I want to give you some things that are a little... I don't want to say outside the box, but I want to give you some things that I thought of that I think... God wants us to focus on as well as all the things that God is putting on your heart. Amen? Um, I'm going to give you three things. Uh, the first is, is in Ephesians chapter 5. And you don't have to turn there because I'm going to go through a, a bunch of different scriptures. But in Ephesians chapter 5, basically what Paul says in verse 9 and verse 10 is, you know, we were once light, we were once darkness, now we're light. He said, you know, we need to live as children of the light, right? We, we need to stop living the way we used to live. And he says, and you do that because you learn what pleases the Lord. So my first area that we need to step out for God is to step out by learning what pleases the Lord. Um, some of you know uh, the, the story. I'll, I'll be married uh, 25 years. Connie and I will be married 25 years uh, in May. Which is amazing for her, isn't it? I mean, come on, you got to give that woman a hand, uh, give her a hug or something, console her. Uh, smattering of applause. I was just joking about the hand. Um, Twenty-five years, you know, and we dated several years before we studied the Bible and be, became uh, Christians. And some of you know, you know, I I uh, got baptized. I became a Christian first. Something I am very proud of. I'm just kidding. That's just a double entendre type of thing. So, all right. Uh, you, I mean, you shouldn't be proud. Of, you, know, you get that, right? You really shouldn't be proud of something like that. No? Okay. All right. So, I became a Christian first. We broke up for a time while, while Connie was studying the Bible. I was a senior in, in college, and uh, I was getting ready to, to uh, go to law school. I was going to go to Hofstra University in New York. And uh, wow, what a mess, because I, I told my family I wasn't going to go to law school. Uh, Connie and I had broken up, and they knew how much I loved her, and they were like, you're never going to find a woman as good as her again. You need to get it straight. And I mean, our families had never talked, never talked, until we became Christians. And then they were like, wow, they're messed up. What's going on? I mean, we were, we were living terrible you know, lives, but when we decided to step out for God... 
there was a, a big uproar. Anyway, we, uh, we broke up for several months. And um, I remember we didn't speak for a while at all. And this was somebody that I had spoken to every day. I loved being with. And do you remember our first date back after we, we started dating again? Wow, you're saying you're like, you don't remember that? Oh my gosh. I remember it and you don't? Okay, all right. <laughs> you remember, you remember. I'll share. I'll remind you. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't wait to talk to her, to be with her. I couldn't wait. You know, we hadn't spoken, really spoken in, in several months and so we had our first date and it was in Fort Lauderdale and uh, we went to the beach went on a double date with this other couple went to the beach and I remember we were sitting on this wall the wall that uh, right in the Fort Lauderdale beach where you know it's kind of the dividing wall from the road to the to the beach and we sat down next to each other and you know for Florida in the summertime you know or it's always kind of summer in Florida and we take our shoes off and I remember our feet touch you remember that I was like wow <laughs> I was, I just missed her so much. Our feet touched. Our feet were dirty. They, they were sandy. There, there was nothing special about it. There was nothing impure or weird. It was like, I just couldn't, I just was so happy to be with her. You know? I was so happy to, to talk to her and to spend time with her. I, I, I wanted uh, so badly to just be with her every day. You, you know what I'm talking about? You know that? You'll get it one day, guys, right up front. I'm talking to you guys more like there. You gonna know what I'm talking about? You get that? You know, that, that's what God wants from us. He, he wants a depth of relationship. He wants a desire to know Him. He wants somebody that would say, you know what, I want to know what, what pleases you. I, I want to know... I want to know what, what it is you think, God. I want to know what it is that, that I should do in my life that would really fire you up. And there's a depth to that. It's more than just I need to do A, B, C, and D, right? To go to heaven. You get that? Like, like I need to do more than A, B, C, and D to be a good husband or to be a good father. And so do you to be a good mother or to be a good wife or to be a good husband. You need to do more. It's got to be from where? It's got to be from inside. It's got to be from the heart. There's got to be this, this hunger, this desire. You guys with me? You get that? Look with me to uh, Exodus chapter 33 for a moment. Exodus 33. This is a cool passage where Moses is speaking about his relationship with God. And uh, it's in verse 7. Exodus 33 verse 7. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Imagine having a relationship with God that, that so inspires others that they just want to see you go meet with God. That's what was going on. So powerful. It says, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while Moses spoke with the Lord. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua son of Nun, did not leave the tent.
This passage has always inspired me. But lately, as I read this and I thought about it over the last few weeks, you know, I've tried, as I do with the scriptures, I try to just make it applicable to me and like, what does it really mean? How does a man speak with his friend, right? I thought about it in my relationship with God. I thought, you know, how do I speak with my friends? Because I can't wait to talk to my friends. I love my friends. I love to spend time with them. And so I thought, can you imagine speaking to a friend the way oftentimes we speak to God? I, I was thinking for me. For you, it might be different. But, you know, when I go see my friend, when I have a conversation with Reese, who... It's no secret how much I care about Reese. We have a serious bromance going on. Love Reese. When I talk to him, can you imagine having a conversation with a friend that goes something like this? Hey, uh, thanks so much for, for taking the time to meet with me. You know, you're great. Uh, and here are all the issues going on in my life right now. Wow, I need you to do this for me. And if you could find the time to take care of this, that would be great. And oh, by the way, this person has wronged me. I don't like them very much. And you probably don't either. I get that. But, I, you know, we need to take care of that. If you could handle that, that would be great. And you know what? Work isn't going so good. I really need this deal to close. Could you take care of that? And I'm going to go ahead and just transfer phone calls directly to you. What kind of conversation would that be with a friend? They'd be like, man, I don't ever want to fellowship with you again. <laughs> right? Now, does God want to hear our needs and our concerns and our troubles? Does He? Yeah, but you know, He knows, doesn't He? If He doesn't, He's not much of a God. I know it's like, oh gosh, did He say that? Yeah, I did. Because God knows. He knows. You know what I started asking God? Uh, several weeks ago. I never did this before. And, you know, I, he's not speaking to me, you know, verbally yet. I'll let you know when he is. You'll love that. Uh, but I'm asking him, you know, how are you doing? <laughs> Things are going kind of rough in the world. How are you doing? I know that sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? But isn't that what you do with a friend? Aren't you concerned about how your friends are feeling when your friend goes through a hard time? Imagine what God sees. Imagine what He sees. Imagine the pain that's in His heart because of what He sees. Find out what, what pleases the Lord. Seek His heart. I think that's one way we can step out for God. Amen? Uh, look with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I'll give you the second idea of how we can perhaps step out for God. Luke chapter 9. Any fans of uh, Southern rock and roll? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, Tom. Uh, several old, older folks here. All right, so me too. There's, a, there's an old song called Hold On Loosely. Who's it by? Thank you very much. Who said that? Rich, of course you said that. 30. Oh, did you say that, Kevin? Well done. 38 special. If you don't know who they are, wow. You are missing out on a great, historic rock and roll legacy band. Hold On Loosely. You know, the idea of the song is that 
you know, in relationships, in, in things, you can hold, you can be holding on too tight and, and like you lose it because you're holding on so tight, right? It can be that way with relationships. It can certainly be that way with a lot of other things in our lives. In Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 18, um, I'm not going to read there, I'm going to start reading in verse 23, a passage that you're pretty familiar with, but I'm going to read it from a little bit of a different angle. In, in verse 18, you know the story that Jesus is asking His closest followers, who do the crowds say I am, right? And they're like, well, they say, you know, you're, you're John the Baptist raised from the dead, you're Elijah, you're, this, you're a great prophet, you're a great teacher. And Jesus says, okay, well, who do you say I am? And Peter steps up and he says, you know, you're the Son of God, you're the Messiah, you're... you're you're the man. You're the one that God sent to save the world. And Jesus says, you're right, Peter. And he goes on in verse 23 to tell him what that means to him and to anybody else who would follow. It says, then he said to them all, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? and yet lose or forfeit his very soul or self. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him. When he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. You know, we, we read this passage, and Marcel either read this one or Luke 14, I can't remember, but this is a passage that, that we read that, you know, Jesus makes it clear, you know, we need to step out for him. We need to deny ourselves, right? But I want to I look at it just from a, a slightly different angle, because Jesus is saying some things that are totally confusing. But they are absolute world philosophies. I mean, they're life-changing, world-changing philosophies. He says, look, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. That's a world philosophy, guys. If you're trying to save your life, you will lose it. But whoever loses his life, for me, he says, will save it. He's saying, you know, we hang on so tightly to stuff. We hang on so tightly to this world. Look, I like stuff. Probably more than I should in some ways. And, and you know what? If you're honest with yourself, you might say, yeah, I like stuff too. We work hard to acquire stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, does it matter? Does it really matter? How did you come into this world? Naked and screaming. Now, I hope you don't go out exactly like that. But you're going to go out with the exact same kind of possessions you brought into this world. And so am I. We're all going to go out the exact same way. You know, I remember when Connie and I uh, first went in the, in the ministry, um, somehow I convinced her that it would be a good move for, us to, for me to have a motorcycle to get to campus. That was a good sly move on my part, right? I was like, you know, gas efficient. Uh, you know, I mean, we're not going to have a whole bunch of money like we had before. We'll get rid of one of the vehicles, and I'll get a motorcycle. So I got a, I got a Ninja, Kawasaki Ninja. Get me to campus faster that way, right? I mean, you got to get there fast. This was We lived in Coral Gables. We were campus ministers at the University of Miami during their glory days. At the U, baby, that's right. And, you know, everything went well with the motorcycle for 
you know, several months, except I, because I like stuff, I, I wanted a, a bigger motorcycle. <laughs> I wanted a nicer motorcycle. And I had saved up a little bit of money, and my motorcycle was still worth a good amount. So we put my motorcycle up for sale. Have I told this story before? If I have, man, I'll bore you to death. So I put my motorcycle up for sale. I love my motorcycle, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. I've had six or seven of them. That was the last one. And I put it up for sale, and a guy came to look at my motorcycle. He goes, I love it. I want it. I'll give you full price for it. I said, fantastic. I think I was selling for like 2500 bucks because the motorcycle I wanted was like 3000 I had a little extra money. I said, great, fantastic. He goes, but I want um, your full-face bell helmet. I want you to throw that in with the motorcycle. This is a true story. <laughs> it's so stupid. I was like, no, I love that helmet. And I'm getting a new motorcycle, so I'm going to need a helmet. He's like, well, you know, take it or leave it. I, I, you know, I want the motorcycle. Uh, really, you know, I'm willing to give you full price, but I, you need to throw the helmet in or, or no deal. And I'm like, well, no deal then. I, I mean, I, other people have called me. I'll sell it to someone else. But I'm keeping my helmet. I love that helmet. I love the color. It's cool, full face. I'm getting another motorcycle. He left. That night, it was a Friday night, we went out to dinner with another couple. Went to a movie late night in Miami, came home, pulled in the driveway, and Connie's like, where's your motorcycle? I was like, oh, it's, it's in the backyard. I put it in the backyard. She goes, I don't think you put it in the backyard. I go, well, it's not here, so I put it in the backyard. Okay? I went in the backyard, went in the backyard. There were drag, my bike was chained up, locked up. There were drag marks of where somebody came with a truck and dragged it onto the truck. So here I am that night with no motorcycle and my bell helmet. I'm like, man, I wish I would have let go of that stupid helmet. <laughs> I haven't had a motorcycle since. I know, <laughs> what a bummer, right? Sometimes you hold on so tightly to stuff in your life, it's, it's a failure. You, you want so badly, we want so badly to have this or have that, and those things are to our, to our detriment. We're, we're afraid, you know, we're afraid to lose this relationship, or we're afraid to Put God first. Step out for God in this area because it might cost us our job. Or we're afraid to sacrifice this amount and step out for God because what if we don't have enough, right? Think of all the things that you shared, right? All the things that go through your mind. Those are the things that we say to, my, say to ourselves, that I say to myself. You know what? If I, if I let go of this thing, if I let go of my time, if I let go of my money, if I let go of my fear, Then, then something bad could happen to me. You know, God wants us to hold on loosely. That's what He wants. He wants us to understand the life principle, which is, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for Him, you will save it. And He wasn't just talking about eternal life. You know, you know, 
just like me. If you've ever put this principle into practice, you know that it works, right? You know that it does. Because you've stepped out on faith, because you've done something where you've stepped out for God and you've sacrificed, and you've watched it come back to you ten times in a blessing on your head, haven't you? Yes, you have. And yes, I have. I'll give you the third point and we'll end. Um, I was going to try to do a Yoda impersonation, but I, I can't do Yoda. I asked several brothers if they could do a, get a mic. I asked Rich. I asked Joe. I said, can you do a Yoda impersonation? They were like, no. I mean, they're just, it's just fear. They didn't want to step out for me. Uh, that's what it is. I just want you to know that. I called them out. If they would have stepped out for me, I would have lifted them up. But I'd see that. They, lost, they weren't willing to lose their lives. That, that's the... the <laughs> That's the abject lesson. Anyway, uh, Yoda, Master Yoda says this, fear is the path to the dark side. Train yourself, you must, to let go of everything you fear to lose. That's deep stuff, man. I mean, George Lucas is pretty good. Let me read that to you again. That's good. Fear is the path to the dark side. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. I know. Wow. Yoda, who would have thought? Yoda. All right, uh, last point, number three. Step out for God. Just step. Just step. We're all in different places here. Um, some of us may be visiting for the first time, like others of us did days, weeks, months, many years ago. Uh, others of us, you know, have been around for a long time. We've seen a lot of ups and a lot of downs in our lives, in the church. You know what that's like, right? I think we deal with a lot of, a lot of different things. But there's a root. There's one root to it all. It's fear. One root. When I was studying the Bible to become a Christian, and wanted to change my life. There was sin in my life I didn't want to talk about. Ain't none of their business, I thought. Why are they asking? Why are they telling me their sin? I don't want to know their sin, right? I've been a Christian 26 years now, and I still don't want to talk about my sin. Who wants to talk about their shame, right? There's fear there. You get that? Same with all the other things that were mentioned here, whether giving contribution, sharing our faith, Stepping out for God. There's a fear. But you know, there's something interesting about just taking a step. Joseph, physics major. I'm going to put you on the spot. I told you I was going to, didn't I? <laughs> what is Newton's first law of motion or inertia? Boy, that's good. Did you guys hear that? An object at rest will stay at rest. And you know it. You've heard it. Object in motion tends to stay in motion unless... Say the rest. Acted upon by an... Un See? See that? I knew you would come through for me in one of those two things. Still can't do the Yoda impersonation, but all right. Fear is, is like the gravity that, that pulls us down. It stops us from acting, right? Newton's law. But when we choose to step 
irregardless of the fear, then we get in motion and God can do great things in our lives, guys. I mean, when we just step, when, when, when we know we want to share our faith, but we're afraid, when we just say, oh, to hell with the consequences. Hell is an okay word. It's a real place. When we just say, to heck with the consequences, and I'm going to do it anyway, right? Then you know what? Great things happen. They do. I know, it's like, oh man, he did it again. You know, it's, it's bound to happen. I didn't have that written down or anything. You know, many people in this room, many people in this room have sacrificed their time. Well, all of you in this room have sacrificed that. You're here listening to me. Many in this room have sold engagement rings for missions. You've sold cars. You've emptied your bank account more than once. Some of us have sold homes. We've given up careers. We've moved our families across the country. And it hasn't always turned out really great, has it? Let's be honest. Remember in point two where I said, you know, if you deny yourself, if you lose your life, you'll save it. That's true, period. But you know what? Along the way, things don't always work out great for you. Even when you step out for God, even when you take that step and you say, okay, God, I'm going to share my faith, and someone spits at you, it's happened many times. Or somebody yells at you. Or someone immediately feels like you're... You know, it doesn't always... It's not always roses, right? It just doesn't always come up roses initially. <laughs> um, I'll share this and, and we'll, we'll sing one song. I asked the, the group to sing a song I thought would be really appropriate. But um, a couple of weeks ago, Kevin, who's a great song leader and does a great job for us, he stood up and he, uh, and he shared about uh, Tom's loss, Tom Grosh, uh, dear friend of ours. And uh, he told this story, right, of, of a specific song about this person that lost their best friend. And you sang the song, what's the song? God is, it's not God is so good, huh? How, oh, how he loves us. Remember that? If you are here a couple weeks ago, oh, how he loves us. It was a beautiful song. I saw people in tears. I saw people welling up with emotion. And uh, I was angry. I was angry. In fact, I was, I was pretty ruined the rest of the day. Uh, I was angry because, not because Tom died. Tom is in heaven. He's in a better place than us. We still got to put up with all this garbage. I was angry because I felt bad for his wife. I felt bad for his girls. I felt bad for me, uh, honestly. Um, and I started getting angry about all the things in my life that flooded back to me that didn't turn out well for me. You ever get 
You ever get that? Uh, I was angry about all kinds of things. I was angry that I was in the ministry for my late 20s and all of my 30s, and now I'm not because I resigned. I was angry the way it ended. I was angry that I drove sometimes 200 miles a day as a teen worker in my early 20s and that I didn't have any teen workers in the lives of my older kids. I was angry. I mean, I was angry about all those things. I know, it's crazy. Why? Why was I? I don't know why. Stop asking me. I don't know. I was just angry. I, 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 you know, Reese, Reese came over and Joseph came over that night and I was honest with him. I, I was upset the whole service. Um, and I guess I was mad at God. I don't know. I was mad at the randomness of life. I was mad that, that, that things didn't turn out the way I thought they should have turned out, right? I was mad that I stepped out and that things didn't work out the way they should have worked out. You know, when I step out and I take a step of faith, I want things to work out. Don't you? I was mad. I was mad about all those things. And Reese and Joe came over that night. We talked and, you know, I just shared how I was feeling. And there wasn't, I'd like to say, there was some revelation that occurred. I, mean, I was waiting for Joe or Reese to say something great. They listened. That's what they should have done. You know, the realization that I came to is that like the people we've read about in the Bible, like our own lives, we have all of these desires and, and plans and we want to see great things happen. And we take this step of faith, oftentimes believing and maybe even in some big way it's true, but that it's for God, but somewhere deep down inside it's really for us. You know, it's for us. And so, when I thought about those things again, and I thought about God, I thought, you know, at the end of the day, I'm blessed. I have a wife that loves me. I have children that love me, that are obedient, that are kind, they're respectful. My older kids, you know, they work, they go to school. You know, I have what my family didn't have when I was growing up. I have what my grandparents didn't have and the, and the family before them. And I have all of that because, because of Jesus. Here in this world, what's it going to be like in heaven when our real reward is going to come? At the end of the day, though things don't work out well, we need to choose to step out for God simply because He loves us so. He loves us so. And because He's so good, He's so good to us. It's time to quit. I've said enough. I asked the singers to sing a song. God is so good. If you guys want to join in, you're welcome to. We can end the service immediately afterwards. But if the singers could come up, uh, let's sing this song. Listen if you like. But let's step out for God. Not because of anything that will happen for us, but because He is so good and He loves us so. Amen.